Hola, welcome to the tennis podcast. Is that the only Spanish you know? I know, uh, no me gusta. I took four years in high school and three semesters in college, and I can still just barely donde esta la zapateria. We should probably introduce ourselves, don't you think? Sure. My name's Nick. I'm the host of the show. That's my sidekick host, Brandon. Not a sidekick. This is the show where one of us comes with a top 10-ish list and the other tries to guess. And the other, which in this case is me, I don't know the list Brandon has, but before we get to the fun and, the fun and games and the laughs, the shits and gigs. <laughs> the yucks. The yucks. Uh, I just want to take a moment to um, say thank you to everyone because our Seinfeld episode last week set all kinds of records for us um, and our show as a whole is just... It's uh, really growing at a rate that I didn't expect to happen this fast. Uh, so, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Thank you. It's astonishing. Gracias. I wouldn't listen to myself. And you don't. In fact, and I don't. And right before in our uh, elaborate formal production meeting, right before we hit record here, Brandon asked me if he could launch the show with the hello, the Seinfeld hello. And I had to remind him, Brandon, we literally did that exact thing in the episode that was just dropped. I thought maybe that could be our thing. It's Seinfeld's thing. It can't be our thing. I'm not a producer. Speaking of our thing, why don't you tell us the thing we're going to be covering this week on this episode? Our thing this week is a follow-up thing. I'm following up from way back in episode two, where we covered the most popular presidents. Today, we're talking about the 10 worst presidents. Oh. <laughs> this is where you would insert some kind of dramatic music, a dramatic cue. Is this taken from the same source as the best presidents? Yes, thank you for asking. I used the same list, the aggregated list from Wikipedia used in episode two. However, with the worst presidents, because they are not popular, they're also not well known. So, you have to rely more on what historians and political scientists say. The list you're referring to on Wikipedia, if I remember correctly, it's an aggregate from surveys outside of Wikipedia. Yes. Wikipedia is just uh, presenting the information that was actually sourced elsewhere. Correct. So, if I'm, if I'm remembering right too, this is, it was done by surveys to historians and people in- And political scientists. Right. People that are educated on the history of presidents. And it's what these people- basically voted as the worst presidents. Right. Scholars going back from 1948 to as recently as 2018. Okay. And then an aggregate, uh, then aggregate. Okay. There's two different ways we could go about this. We could go about it the usual way, but we could just start at 10 and work our way down to one because I think it presents more of a fun narrative. Okay, let's do that. Uh, this was the most fun I had in putting notes together because I discovered this narrative as I went through the notes and I did the notes starting with number 10. So, the 10th worst president. Do you want to just take any guess? Yeah, I'll take some guesses. Okay, the 10th worst president. And there's been what, 45 presidents, including current? Donald Trump is the 45th president. So, you know, if you're ranked the 10th worst, you're actually ranked the 35th best, right? Yes. <laughs> so, that's not so bad when you think about it. 
this gentleman is the 35th best pre- well, maybe that's how the list could be this is a positive spin he's the 35th best pre- i take it back i don't like positive spins negative spins only on the tennis podcast if you if fuck positive if you are a positive person just unsubscribe from this show <laughs> oh wow we only want grumps yeah we want grumps and stumps and bumps and chumps and trumps right Huh? Sure. Okay, uh, I'm going to guess James K. Polk. Oh, James K. Polk is not on this list. James Buchanan. James Buchanan is on this list, however, is higher than number 10. Let me, let me do a few more here before you just give it away. Okay. Uh, that Tyler, what's the guy? Uh, John Tyler, is that it? Something Tyler? There, yes, John Tyler is on this list. And he, you are very close. Close in terms of the year? Close in terms of the year, close in terms of the last name, and close in terms of their ranking. I don't understand. Tyler. Is there another president with Tyler? There is a similar... Uh, t- Taylor. Taylor. Well, oh, uh, James, ta- James Taylor? <laughs> James Taylor, the musician? <laughs> He's seen fire and rain? Is it sad how little... The average American knows about most Americans the- don't, and I didn't. I learned a lot about these guys in the little bit of research I did, the high level. It's Zachary Taylor. Is the tenth worst president? Zachary Taylor. From what I understand, most other countries, their citizens have a decent understanding of their country's history, and that's despite the fact that America has a much younger and briefer history than most other countries. Yeah, there's stuff on TV, Nick, and there's there's Netflixes to watch. You're right. Zachary Taylor was our 12th president. He was president from March 1849 until his death in July 1850. So, he only served 16 months and it only took him 16 months to make this list. But he's not the shortest president, right? No. Well, in in terms of term. No, he's not. In terms of term. More on that later. Moron. Moron. We're going to talk about that later. Zachary Taylor was a career officer in the U.S. Army. He rose to the rank of Major General and became a national hero as a result of his victories in the Mexican-American War. They called him Old Rough and Ready. Sounds disgusting. It Can you so- imagine calling someone Old Rough and Ready now? It sounds like an old bar skank. <laughs> he won the presidency despite his vague political beliefs. Uh, he was a military officer who was just sort of unwittingly or it sounded like he didn't fully want to be president. But anyway, he rode the wave of his popularity after the uh, Mexican-American War into the White House, despite not really having any political beliefs or interests. And then he died of a stomach illness before making any progress on slavery, which will become a recurring, one of many recurring themes uh, in this episode. No, wait, was was that one of his stances or political promises that he would fight slavery? For most of these guys, no. But it was very clear that not only did something need to be done about the issue of slavery, but in addition to that or and because of that, measures needed to be taken to preserve the union and prevent further conflict. Again, you'll see it as a theme throughout this episode, that the conflict associated with slavery and the issue of slavery is a core reason why many presidents were viewed as failures or as ranked low. And I didn't know that before. 
So, yeah, he's ranked low in part due to his short term in office. There's a quote that he's more of a forgettable president than a failed one. So, the more interesting thing about Zachary Taylor, oh, also he's a slave owner. I think he was the last president to be a slave owner while in office. What, what year was he again? Uh, 1850 is when he died. So, he, he's not far bef- before Lincoln, 10 years or so. Lincoln was elected uh, in 1860 and started his presidency in 1861. The Civil War started in, I think it was April 1861. Snoozeville, am I right, folks? All right, go ahead. Oh, if you don't like the Civil War, you're going to hate all this shit. <laughs> That's part of why I like this. So, how did he die? It just says a digestive illness, right? Diarrhea. There's diarrhea. That's another theme that you'll discover throughout this episode is the association with badly regarded presidencies and diarrhea. <laughs> uh-huh. On the 4th of July, 1850. Zachary Taylor took himself and his cabinet and they had a party down at the Washington Monument to celebrate Independence Day. And Taylor reportedly ate copious amounts of raw fruit and iced milk. What's wrong with that? Have you ever been to Washington, D.C. in the summer? Yeah. What was it like? Hot and swampy. Uh, Sure, yeah. But fruit, I mean, fruit's good. Iced milk? Yeah. Also, have you not seen Anchorman? (laughs) But the milk was not iced for Mr. Burgundy. Well, even iced milk was a bad (laughs) idea. But enough to kill a man? (laughs) He came down with an unknown digestive ailment, diarrhea. Uh, Known unknown to doctors at the time, but known to us on the Tennis Podcast as diarrhea. And despite treatment, he died. On July 10th, 1850 at age 65. He died, Aria? Yes. Huh? Huh? He got diarrhea till he died. Well, it sounds like he deserved it. Yes. Uh, there is a lot of getting what you deserve on this list too. Hang on. So, 1850. This is back in the time where if something was wrong with you and you go to the doctor, they either cut it off <laughs> or... They give you like heroin, right? Yeah, I'll tell you what, in a few minutes, we're going to find out exactly how they treated you when we talk about another president. I want to talk about the 1850s a little bit more for a minute. Okay. 1850s. Now, with the risk of sounding like an idiot. (laughs) I love that risk. Gather around, everybody. (laughs) In the 1800s and before, walk me through how news traveled a country as large as the United States because I get local news. Because it's like local newspapers. Mm-hmm. But something happening on the other side of the country. Yeah. Newspaper. Yeah, I know. But it took a long time. Okay. So, I'm a newspaper editor in California mm-hmm. and there's news coming out of New York. Am I just waiting for a paper to somehow make it to me from New York so I can then write about it in my own paper and then publish it? How is the newspaper editor mm-hmm. across the country getting news originally from the other side of the country? Uh, newspapers. They have subscriptions and it takes a long time but that's basically it. So, it would take months? Yes. From the Pony Express to, to get- Yeah, I mean, it's you're not just getting one newspaper like every month or something. You're getting one newspaper every day. So, the news is a few weeks behind for the most part but 
it's consistent. So if, if you were following a story in the news, you're still going to be following it for the most part day to day. You're just following it days or weeks behind. But like think about elections. Like you, you might not even find out which yeah. candidate won a presidential election for weeks. At the end of the Civil War, there were lots of places that didn't know hostilities had ended or that the South had surrendered for a month or two before. And that was even after telegraph wire had been run all over the country uh, as part of the technological advances associated with the war. Now, what happens with the telegraph wire? What is a telegraph? The telegraph? Yeah. Tell the folks at home. Explain to the folks at home what the telegraph is. Yeah. Is it like Morse code shit? Yeah. Explain it to me. I think you can communicate in other ways over a telegraph, but believe Morse code was one of the common ways. And yeah, someone would have to sit there and listen to the dots and dashes that spell out letters and that's how you get the words. Very short messages. Not You can't send a like a news story that way. I mean, you could. It takes a lot longer. You can't transcribe an entire episode of the Tennis Podcast? My imagination's running now. So, why... How did a nation vote in the 1800s? Well... And who tallied the some bitches? By paper is... I mean, it's by paper ballot. I know, but did someone... It was probably done technology-wise not too differently up until the maybe 70s or 80s. Yeah, I know, but... But at least there was transportation. Yeah, that's true. No, it took a long time. So, in the 1800s, did someone from Washington, D.C. get on a horse and buggy and travel to every major city in the U.S. to collect all these ballots? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how they traveled, but I do think it took a month or two to collect ballots and tally the votes because inaugurations, you know, if the election is the second Tuesday in November, inaugurations during that time period, I believe typically took place around March time frame. So, it's slightly warmer in terms of being outside and greeting people uh, or having a parade and speeches and stuff like that for the inauguration itself. But yeah, I think it also just took that long to like tally the votes. And then there's also that period of transition of power. So, yeah, I just think all that shit took longer. We all take this shit for granted now. I mean, even like debates, like a presidential debate, only a small group of people would see that live and the rest would just be quotes in a newspaper. Yes. You really had to either do your research and vote by like, you know, someone's voting record or you just had to be like, yeah, pff, I love the cut of that guy's sideburns. His meat chops. His wife is extra homely. It's a... Uh... Oh, so it's a common complaint now and it's a valid one that majority of voters in the modern day are not educated on the policies. Low information voters. Yeah, but it had to be even more so that in the old days because you had to have really cared enough to keep up on the daily news. But I guess more people read newspapers, so I don't know, but... There wasn't shit else to do, man. You'd read the, you'd read the back of a shampoo. It was like before you had a phone and you were on the toilet for a while. You'd read anything. Or eating cereal, you'd read the back of the cereal box. Back in the 1850s, there's nothing else to do except look at your homely wife and kids they're like, uh, I'll just, I'll go stand over here and read the paper and smoke my pipe. Not all of us have to read something on the toilet, by the way, Brandon. How are you going to learn? Why didn't they in the 1800s just invent the iPhone sooner? They're too stupid. <laughs> Another common theme in this is just they were all too stupid back then. Were they all sidekick hosts of a podcast? Uh, the number ninth worst president 
or the 34th best? Well, let's just get, I mean, you don't have to confirm this. In fact, don't. But let's just get it out of the way that Trump is number one. So, if anyone is wondering why I'm not saying Trump, it's because I know he has to be number one. So, uh, so number nine, uh, I'm going to give a, one or two wild guesses and then you give me a hint after. Okay. Martin Van Buren. No. The Van Buren boys. <laughs> there are, there's no Van Buren boys on this list. James Garfield. There are no Garfields on this list. All right, give me your hint. Civil War General. Ulysses S. Grant. Ulysses S. Grant. See, I thought he'd be middle of the pack in the no. top 45. A lot of people don't know this, but Ulysses S. Grant was considered a, a really bad president. He had a, or a, he led a, a very bad administration, a scandal-ridden administration. And he had a really tough end of his life. We'll get into it here. We'll get into U.S. Grant. He was the 18th president from 1869 to 1877. He was the commanding general who led the Union Army to victory in the Civil War. Yeah, so you'd think everyone would love him. Well, they not did. everyone, but you know what well, I mean. Well, yeah. And they did. Again, another war hero who rode that wave of success into the presidency. His administration and cabinet suffered many scandals, leading to continuous reshuffling of officials. Grant was perhaps too trusting and too influenced by the sleazeballs in his cabinet. Corruption was discovered in seven federal departments, including the Navy, Justice, War Department, Treasury, Interior, State, and even the Post Office. So, yeah, he surrounded himself with, uh, with corrupt douchebags who took advantage of him and told him things and he believed fucking, I guess, anybody who told him anything. Surrounding himself with corrupt douchebags was, are we talking about a fraternity in college? So, a few other things about President Grant. Uh, his nickname was Sam. His name was actually Hiram Ulysses Grant, and when he went enrolled in West Point, they misheard and accidentally wrote it down as Ulysses S. Grant, and I guess there was no way to change it. He just had to be <laughs> Ulysses. Once the army wrote it down, he just had to be Ulysses S. Grant. Then the army could just name you whatever they wanted. Yeah. He got the nickname Sam because his classmates said the U.S. stood for Uncle Sam. He was, if you watched the Ken Burns Civil War documentary, you would know uh, that he was a failure at everything in life except for his marriage and in the military. So, what are the things he failed at? Golf, podcasting? He was a shitty podcaster. He failed in uh, numerous types of business ventures. He was a really good beard grower. He is actually my. Like if I had a beard like aspiration wall, it would all be covered with 1864 Ulysses S. Grant. Okay, so that's three things he succeeded in. Early in the war, his beard was much too long. Okay, so you don't like long beard, you like reasonably length, thick, full beard. Yeah. U.S. Grant, Uncle Sam Grant 
scandal-ridden presidency. What what were the years of his presidency? 1869 to 1877. Was that two terms? Yeah. Okay. So he that- did so shitty, he got two terms. That happens sometimes too. Was he known to be shitty at the time too or is that in retrospect? No, it was just a bunch of scandals. I think the scandals continued over time and the problem got worse and worse. Was Were they scandals that he was a part in or was he just oblivious to them? Oblivious. Or he surrounded himself with corrupt people who, I mean, he just, he kept hiring an idiots, corrupt idiots. And so, he's culpable. Yeah, I can't relate to that. He seen, I mean, didn't know the guy. We were ships in the night, you might say, as far as our lives intersecting, which is also <laughs> not accurate because we're like a century apart at least. Uh, more than that. He seems like he could be a guy kind of like Mr. Taylor, number 10, who didn't really want to be president. Yeah, I don't think he wanted to be president. In fact, I'll get to that. That's another one of Brandon's bullets. Hell of an ass though. You know what he did like? Bubble baths? Like to drink booze when his wife wasn't around. He would get bored. He'd be posted out in, in Missouri territory or something. Missouri. And nothing's happening. There's no fighting. If there's no fighting, then there's no fucking. Uh, so, he starts boozing. Uh, Historian and writer Shelby Foote suggested it might have been boredom. And he also posited could have been because his wife wasn't around. He was too antsy in the pantsy. But there's- <laughs> He said, I never wanted to get out of a place as much as I did to get out of the presidency. He hated it. Well, who fucking likes it? I mean, seriously, once you're there. It looks horrible. It does horrible things to a person. I think becoming president is an achievement they want to achieve. It's a trophy. It's something to strive for. Sometimes with the best of intentions. But once you get there, I have to think every single president, if you got them with some truth serum, I have to think they would all tell you, yeah, it sucks. It's not worth it. I think every single one would say that. It's because the day after the inauguration, some guys show up in a black car and they throw the president in the back like he's a two-bit thug who owes a gangster some money. And they drive him to the Pentagon and they take an elevator down like 666 levels under the earth. And they take him to a smoke-filled room and they show him a different angle of the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> and then they shut it off and tell him that if they don't, he doesn't do what they make him do, they're going to squeeze his balls in a vice. And that's why it's always the worst. Yeah, that's precisely what I meant. I mean, yeah, I thought that all went without saying, but thanks for spelling it out. I know you're probably mostly joking there, but how how much of that do you think there's any truth to? Even a chance of truth, where as soon as someone becomes president, they're shown the deep, dark secrets of the country past uh, and present that they are threatened with ever revealing. I'm coming at you with 101% truth. You think that every single president from a certain point on has been told horrible truths that if the average American knew or found out- By the puppet masters? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doubting that there's horrible truths out there. I'm just questioning if they just like make a show of it to the president immediately. Why not just keep it from the president too? We'll squeeze your balls or we'll shoot your head. Also- Aliens are real and we have five of them 
and you don't get to meet any of them if you don't <laughs> do what we say. These puppet masters of the universe or the world, why don't they just not tell the president and they have one less person to worry about spilling the beans? What benefit is there to telling the president? So, they can puppet master him. Those are the strings. I guess. I think they just want to squeeze someone's balls. Yeah. Okay, number eight. You already said number eight's name. Buchanan? Nope, John Tyler. John Tyler, okay. John Tyler. He was the 10th president of the United States from 1841 to 1845. We got all 1800s so far. Yeah, in the middle of the 1800s, presidents were shit. He ascended to the presidency after President William Henry Harrison died of typhoid fever 31 days into his term. So, this guy gets elected vice president. He's like, all right, it's not too bad. I don't have to do too much. I could still make time for fantasy football. Mm -hmm. I'm not in the hot seat. I'm not in the mush pot. And a month later, this idiot William Henry Harrison dies. And John Tyler's like, ah, uh, shit, now I got the big job. But that's not how it happened. No one becomes vice president without aspirations of eventually becoming president. Right. He was thirsty for it, as we're about to find out. He was a hapless and inept chief executive whose presidency was seriously flawed. He was neither a great president nor a great intellectual. Those are quotes from his contemporaries. When President Harrison died, it led to a constitutional crisis over whether John Tyler should fulfill the duties of the vacant office as vice president or assume the office of president. And he just went ahead and said, well, I'm the fucking president now. <laughs> his opponents never fully accepted him as president. They would refer to him, even in correspondence, as vice president or acting president, which pissed him the fuck off. If you wrote him a letter that said acting president, he wouldn't open it. He would return it. So, this guy was a... Uh, That's why he was one of the worst. What, what political party is he? A lot of these guys were Whigs. Oh, right. Wig. And then Republican. So, he was uh, an... Actually, he was an independent. There, I remember uh, there, there was a lot of independent presidents in the old days. There hasn't been an independent president. Uh, at least in... you're thinking of Whigs. Well, th but there are some independents too. There's only two independent presidents, George Washington oh. and John Tyler. John Adams was a Federalist. John Quincy Adams was a Democratic Republican, as was James Madison and Thomas Jefferson. And the rest were Republicans or Whigs. Or Democrats. What if on the presidential application, one of these guys on the question that said party, they just wrote, yeah, love to. Anytime, anywhere. <laughs> you know, we're all in 1800s so far and I'm guessing most of this list is 1800s. Would you say, you know, historically these guys are looked bad upon but to play devil's advocate, they were also becoming president in one of the hardest times to be president. That's true. Yes, I do think that's part of why historians judge them so harshly is because all of these things in retrospect led to a civil war. However, I do think a lot of historians and political scientists are judging them on the way they handled the individual issues before them. And you can see that there are some extreme 
inflamements or inflamements uh inst- uh whatever what the hell inflamement <laughs> what is that there are times when they could have easily avoided controversy or conflict or drama or a bigger issue and then they didn't and things got demonstrably worse immediately well yeah uh, my mind is in 1800s mode this podcast if you can't tell yeah because I think it's fascinating to consider what the day-to-day life like of these people were when we have become so dependent on modern technology. 1800s, I was trying to think, were there any organized sports leagues? I know people played baseball and uh, stuff, but were there any leagues and teams like we know them today? And I was looking while you were talking, the oldest league I found so far for baseball, uh, which was founded- Probably about the end of the Civil War, right? 1876. Yeah. So, think about following sports in the days before TV or even radio. Well, I don't think people followed it. I think it was just for the guys that wanted to participate. If you watched another Ken Burns documentary on baseball, the beginning of baseball just seemed like it was just a bunch of guys who really wanted to fucking play baseball and then like a few of their friends who would come and watch. Well, baseball is just an example. I mean, think about the history of sports. You know, the Romans loved sporting events. Naked, or no, it's the Greeks. Get, they get buck naked and wrestle. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, completely lost my train of thought because of that. <laughs> 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 well, I get, it's just weird to think that like, an organized sports league with fans and followers and money didn't really come into being until, what, the 1900s? That just seems too late. Surely we're missing something. Well, if my research today is any indication, I think people, instead of sports, people either rooted for or against slavery in the 1800s as a pastime. There's a lot of rooting on both sides. You could be for or against slavery or you could read a book or you could be into comics. Yeah. Well, even books... All right, I'm just going to go down a rabbit hole. But like the, the, the amount it took, because in the old days, like prior to the 1800s, prior to the printing press, every book written was a unique individual book. And if you wanted several copies, you'd have to rewrite it every time. Yeah. Fucking think about that. I do. I'm like, I don't get... Sorry, mine's... Okay, we got to stop. Go ahead. There's more 1800s life. To behold. Okay. Okay. Uh, John Tyler ran on the ticket with William Henry Harrison under the campaign slogan, Tippecanoe and Tyler too. I hate it. Yeah, I do too. So, uh, John Tyler was noted to be of frail health, thin, and prone to diarrhea throughout life. Yeah, who isn't? Okay, number seven. We just talked about him. Old Tippecanoe. Do you remember his name? I've already forgotten. His name, idiot, is William Henry Harrison. Yes. He is the seventh worstest president. He is the ninth president just before John Tyler from March 4th to April. When your term starts with a month, that's bad. March 4th to April 4th, 1841. He was a military hero. Again, who died of typhoid fever 31 days into his term. So, why is he one of the worst presidents? 
It's because he died. That's it? It's because he just, he didn't have time to do anything. The he lack d- of accomplishments. Yeah, he gave a couple speeches and ate shit. Was he the shortest term president ever? Yes. Fucking idiot. So, you want to hear about typhoid fever? Please. Typhoid fever, we've all heard of it. Yeah, I think I had it last week. Let me tell you how shitty it is to get typhoid fever. In the first week of having typhoid fever, you get a fever. Yeah. That's a given. You get discomfort, malaise, headache, cough, possibly a bloody nose or stomach pain. That sounds bad enough. Second week, your fever reaches around 104 degrees Fahrenheit. You're too weak to get up out of bed. You got bradycardia, which is, I think, a slowing of the heart rate. You got delirium, so you're nuts. You're out of your mind. You're Uh seeing things. You're saying things, which gives it the nickname nervous fever also. You get rose spots on the lower chest and abdomen and a painful, distended abdomen filled with diarrhea. And an enlarged spleen and liver. And how long have you had typhoid fever, Brandon? Um, And two, this thing has it all. I mean, shit, this is like 20 things you just listed. Get ready for week three. (laughs) I'm not ready. Week three, William Henry Harrison suffered or would have suffered, allegedly suffered, probably suffered intestinal perforation and bleeding. That's your guts shredding to pieces. Encephalitis, which is a big fat waterhead. What is a waterhead? Your head just gets big. It gets big and painful. Big fat waterhead. Uh, Pneumonia or bronchitis in your lungs. More delirium. So, you get crazier and crazier. Abscesses, which are nasty, yucky little pockets of things on you. And a very high fever, dehydration, and a rash around and about the trunk. Trunk. Week four, you're dead. What is the trunk? Your torso. The fuck who calls that a trunk? The guy who wrote that. And then me. And then also elephants. Well, wait. So, this guy, you just described four weeks. So, that means that he got this thing around day one of the presidency. He got it very early on. But then he was giving speeches with delirium? I'm about to give, yeah. God damn it. Let me, typhoid (sighs) fever. It's one of these fevers that's transmitted fecal to oral. Oh, yeah. And the White House, at that time, their water supply was downstream of public sewage. What's wrong with that? He was poisoned by his own constituents. (laughs) By their poops. Okay, we're going back to 1800s talk here. Well, no. Plumbing. Not yet. Don't do it. No, don't do it. Okay. I got, no, don't. I got a different 1800s talk for you. Okay. It's not plumbing. It's, they try, how do they try to cure him? This is the president of the United States. So, this is the best they had at the time. You understand? Yes. If President Trump, God bless him, Lord, bless him with health. Uh Uh-huh. But if he got sick or something, they would call guys from the Mayo Clinic and from the CDC and 
John Brown and Mount Sinai and all those other ones to go look at him. Best guys in the country. Imagine them having to cut Trump's shirt off with scissors or something <laughs> to get to him. <laughs> He's good. It's, no, it's from my collection. So, this is the best that they had to offer. The best. In March of 1841. First, the doctors tried to cure him by taking suction cups and heating them up and sticking them on his body to suck the blood out of him, to do some bloodletting. Okay. They bled him. But is this a blood disease? Typhoid? Okay, so they're just throwing shit against the wall. No, now you get antibiotics. Yeah, okay. Basically, they stopped short of putting leeches on him. Mm -hmm. And then they treated him with Epicac and castor oil, both of which are, are... well, castor oil is gross and makes you want to vomit, but Epicac is specifically used to induce vomiting. Okay, so they're trying to like purge his system. Yeah, and then they tried a mixture of crude petroleum and Virginia snake root. What is that? What the fuck? Did they... In my mind, the best doctor at the time was like some old coot with a like a coonskin hat on. <laughs> some guy from out in the mountains, he has one eye and he's looking at a jar filled with pickled pig's feet when they walk up and they're like, old man Hannigan, the president's sick. And he's like, I got just the thing. Let me grab my satchel full of nasty shit and head on down. And he said, uh, you know what this guy needs? Give me a lot of thick crude oil and something called Virginia snake root. And it made him worse and then he died. He drank that down? Oh, I don't know. It just said they gave it to him. They could have stuck, his up, stuck it up his ass for all I know. Do you know what the intent of giving him that was? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine what the intent of putting crude petroleum into someone is aside from killing them. Maybe they wanted to see if they could start his engine, rev him up. I'm looking up Virginia snake root to see if that gives us... Uh, some indication, maybe it has medicinal properties. Think of all the history of doctor experiments to figure out what does and doesn't work on humans to help them. I know one thing that doesn't work, Virginia snake root and crude oil. Yeah. It's a plant native to Virginia, as you uh, might guess. I don't see any medicinal benefits. (laughs) So, it was a flower. So, they took a wildflower that attracts butterflies and crude oil and mixed them up and stuck them in his tummy, and then he died. So, typhoid sounds like the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone. Did anyone survive that? Yeah, people did survive it. Okay. God bless you, William Harrison. I mean, I wonder how many people got stuck full of crude oil back in the day. Uh, evidently, only the, uh, the elite. Did they have syringes back in this time? I'm asking you all kinds of questions that you just don't know. I mean, I don't know. I could just Google it or or look it up on Wikipedia, but I know they did in the late 1800s for sure, but I don't know about yeah. uh, I don't know about mid-century. So number 6. You're giving me my idea from our next episode is going to be top 10 syringe companies. <laughs> so get ready for that. You should do top 10 ways to die in the 19th century. Just forget you said that cuz I might do that now. <laughs> So, number six is the president's name that I always associated with a president that no one 
remembered or knew about. Oh, is it that one that we talked about that um I think we have mentioned his name before. It's uh yeah, don't say it yet. It's um Milford or Millard. Very close. Millard Fillmore. <laughs> Millard Fillmore is number six. No one knows who he is. He's gonna get his dues today. All right. He's gonna get his recognition as the thirteenth president from eighteen fifty 1850 to eighteen fifty three. He ascended to the presidency after Zachary Taylor died after his fruit and milk diarrhea binge. You remember from his 4th of July party. Yes, right. So, why was Millard Fillmore the sixth worst president? Largely, it was due to the enforcement of the Fugitive Slave Act. So, you see, here's an instance of Fugitive some legis bad legislation getting passed and then this president enforcing it where you know, he probably could have devoted less resources or tried to ignore it. He didn't. Now, the Fugitive Slave Act expedited the return of escaped slaves to those who claimed ownership. <sighs> and you can just off the top of your head imagine, you know, what type of shenanigans were pulled by yep. slave owners or people who wanted to be a slave owner in order to basically kidnap uh, people and expatriate them to the South, to slave owners. President Truman described Millard Fillmore as a weak, trivial thumb twaddler. <laughs> who would do what? A thumb twaddler? Thumb twaddler. Holy shit. That's what we got to start calling our listeners. Twaddlers? We got a brand. You know how shows brand their listeners with like a little nickname? Shout out to the twaddlers. Thumb twaddlers. That's our... You listeners are now the thumb twaddlers. I don't Holy think shit. they're going to like that. A thumb twaddler who would do nothing to offend anyone. Oh, I get it. And was responsible in part for the Civil War. Also, he is the most forgettable chief executive, as we've also demonstrated. Couple notes about him. Millard Fillmore was born in a log cabin. He is one of the few presidents of the mid-1800s who was not born wealthy. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, he's one of few presidents to return to private life after the presidency without independent wealth or possession of an estate. Yeah, because they didn't pay presidents like they do now. No, and then just like now, the presidency is often sought by those with some form of independent wealth. You know, they don't have to work for two years while they can run for the presidency. Millard Fillmore looks like Alec Baldwin. Does he? I'm serious. Go look him up. He looks like Alec Baldwin. It's really quite stunning. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, he really, really does, especially in that top picture. Yeah. I wondered if he, I wonder if he chased down and punched paparazzi in the face. Even the official White House portrait looks like Alec Baldwin. Well, just like Alec Baldwin, hell of an ass. Hey, by the way, you know... My go-to scenario on everything is if the world's water supply was replaced by peanut butter. Yep. So, you, t you turn on the... F Brandon loves it when I talk about this, by the way. Let's do it. Let's have a thought experiment. You know, sometimes he'll call me at midnight on a weeknight and say, Nick, I haven't heard you talk about peanut butter enough recently. Can you give me a quick spiel right now? And you know what? You know how that's not true? Because Brandon's been asleep for about five hours by midnight already on a normal night. But think about the if you flush a toilet and instead of water, it's peanut butter. Mm -hmm. So, peanut butter is filling up the bowl. Think about how long it would take. Think about how resilient 
the piping and plumbing system of the whole toilet and sewage system would have to be. You've gotten way ahead of yourself. Why? Because first of all, you have to think about the toilet bowl would be partially filled with peanut butter, which has replaced the water that would normally be in the bowl. Yeah. So, if you go number one, you're going to be peeing into a puddle of <laughs> peanut butter. It's not a puddle. It's a, it's a gooey. <laughs> and I imagine the force of the urine stream and the relative heat from your body would at first make an indention. Yeah. It would probably make an inch or two indention into the peanut butter and it would make a very sort of sloppy sound as it hit and disturbed. Sure. Kind of like rain slapping against mud. Yes, like raining in a mud puddle. Now, if you went number two, mm. I think they're, you're just adding to a thick gooey mess. Yeah. So, when now when you talk about flushing the toilet, you're talking about peanut butter slowly oozing down the sides and the peanut butter mess in the bottom is just going to very slowly suction-y pull down the drink. You're adding your own brand of peanut butter to the mix. But, you know, when you're done going to the bathroom in your peanut butter toilet, you then go over to the faucet, turn it on, you're going to wash your hands with peanut butter. So, we're moving on. We're mo- okay. Moving on. Let's do it. Number five, fifth worst president. I did not, did not remember this guy's name at all. Okay. I'm going to surprise you because I'm going to remember his ass. Okay. Do you want a clue? 1800s again? He was pres- He's the 14th president from 1853 to 1857. He was a northern Democrat. George Bush. Obama. Who saw, saw the abolitionist movement as a fundamental threat to the unity of the union. Oh, fuck. Okay. Just tell me. Franklin Pierce. I would have never guessed that in a million years. Yeah. So, he's got that problem going for him too. Although, none of what I read referred to him being uh, an unknown. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, he's the 14th president, 1853 to 1857. Again, slavery is uh, looming over the political landscape. So, why was Franklin Pierce a bad president? Well, for exactly that reason. Slavery is looming over the political landscape. And this idiot alienated anti-slavery groups, uh, flamed tensions between pro and anti-slavery groups, and he created, he created, not just signed, but created the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which repealed the Missouri Compromise, which had prohibited slavery in U.S. territories west of the Mississippi River and north of 36 degrees latitude. The Missouri Compromise basically said, okay, no more slavery. We got to keep this shit in check. We already have a problem in the South with it. So, all you new territories, you can't do slaves. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I know you're disappointed. You can't do slaves. And if you catch you, you're in trouble. It's like going to Best Buy to get the new Nintendo Switch and they're out of stock for months. You felt like you were promised a Switch on release day and it's not there. Were you? Is that what happened to you? Yes. And so, you feel like you are guaranteed slavery because, of course, this is America. We all get slaves. And then you get there, you get to the Best Buy, and there's no switches, there's no slavery. There's no little digital slaves for you. So, the controversy surrounding the Kansas-Nebraska Act was one of the causes of the Civil War. 
you'll see there are a lot of causes to the Civil War, but the main one is that slavery. Yep. Now Franklin Pierce, a couple notes about him. He was born in a log cabin too, but he wasn't born poor. He was born in a log cabin because they were completing the huge, beautiful estate that this wealthy prick lived on. Quite the difference. However, uh, a bit of uh, sympathy for President Pierce. His son died. I ne- did not know this. His 11-year-old son, Benjamin, Benny Pierce, died while they were riding in a train car in January 1853, not long before Franklin Pierce's inauguration. There was a train accident. Uh, his son was the only fatality. Huh. That sucks. And he also died of cirrhosis of the liver. Pierce, uh, Franklin did. Franklin Pierce. Franklin Pierce, not his 11-year-old son. Did he die in office with that? No. He died later. Boring. Franklin Pierce, out. You so know, number four on this list. Slavery? No? Okay. What? Can I not react? No, you go, please. Am I allowed to react on my own damn show? Is that okay with you? Proceed. We... 1800s seem like forever ago, obviously. We keep talking about it. Rather, I keep talking about it and Brandon's ready for me to stop talking about it. But regardless, the 1800s... It's like you just learned that they existed. <laughs> huh? I d- when do I get an opportunity to think about the 1800s? Unless I'm watching a documentary or a Western. I think about it all the time. Yeah, but you... Yeah, you're much closer to the 1800s than I am. 1800s ultimately relatively, very recently in human history and especially Earth's history. Yeah. Yeah. Slavery was not that long ago in the grand scheme of things. No. It's impossible to like imagine that now but it was not that long ago that slavery was an accepted thing in the United States and half the country was willing to go to war over it. How stupid and selfish is that? We're going to go to war (laughs) because you won't let us own another human. (laughs) It's so dumb. Well- you can't judge. That's their culture. Yeah. All right. Give me number four. So, number four is um, kind of a common sounding name. Common sounding name. Does that include the last name? Yeah. It's Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson. Okay. I could hear you thinking. Wait, is that... There's an Andrew Jackson and an Andrew Johnson? Yeah, there's an Andrew Jackson and an Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson was the 17th president and we all know off the top of our heads that Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president. So, Andrew Johnson had to be Abraham Lincoln's vice president. He assumed the presidency after Abraham Lincoln died fighting a bear. Allegedly. I think the whole thing is conspiracy and Lincoln's still alive to this day. (laughs) That's what true Americans believe. So, why is Andrew Johnson considered a bad president? Because there is no way to live up to what Lincoln did. I was going to say, he did kind of have a hard act to follow. Contemporaries described him as an obstinate bore <laughs> who tried- Wait, are you reading your high, what it said under your high school yearbook photo or what you're reading about Andrew Johnson? Boer, B-O-O-R, not bore, B-O-R-E. Oh, okay. That's the difference. An obstinate boor who tried to favor the South in Reconstruction, but who was frustrated by Congress. He was more concerned with justifying his own positions than searching for the truth. Huh, who's that sound like? That's, again, a recurring theme through this, as who does that sound like? He behaved as if concessions were a sign of weakness. He was a flawed and politically inept leader. 
He was impeached for intentionally violating the Tenure of Office Act. He's acquitted in the Senate by only one vote. He sought but did not receive his party's nomination for another term. That is a dog shit president. Yeah. So, that's why he's the worst. Couple other notes about Andrew Johnson. He grew up poor to illiterate parents, which does make me give it up to him a little bit. Yeah. To me, every pre- nearly every president, at least every president that I can think of top of my head, who rose to the presidency after being born to poverty has accomplished the epitome of the American dream. Again, like Trump. Yeah. Uh, oh, he probably was born to an illiterate parent. <laughs> Andrew Johnson, uh, the first time he fell in love, he made a quilt no. for the lady. Holy shit. And made a marriage proposal and she rejected it. <laughs> Hang on. This isn't the Seinfeld episode anymore, Brandon. You're, you're obviously quoting a proposed storyline idea for a Seinfeld episode, right? I made her a quilt. <laughs> you know how long that takes? What kind of commitment it shows? You got to give me a courtesy yes. Break off the wedding later if you want, but give me a courtesy yes in the moment. And part of the reason I think that he was able to make a quilt or wanted to make a quilt for his love uh, was that he was a a successful tailor. Now, you don't mean tailor in like... Tim the Tool Man Taylor. Not like Zachary Taylor, the president who is not... Not like Zachary Taylor. He attached tails to clothing and animals. All right, number three is 20th century president. Okay. He is the only 20th, pres- 20th century president on here. He was the 29th president. So, I remember from our best presidents episode that Woodrow Wilson, FDR, I think Clinton, all were on that list uh, and some others too from that. So, count them out immediately. I don't think President Clinton was on the top. Yeah, maybe you're right. I think he ended up somewhere in the middle. Yeah, he's some he's kind of, he's right in the middle actually. He's 18. Okay. That's a little better than middle. Uh all right, so ni- uh so this would be early 20th century. Hoover? No. Hoover was president during the depression. 1921 to 1923. I don't know. That's sad, I know. For for history buffs out there, please forgive me, but I cannot think of who that is. Warren G. Harding is the third worst president. But he is the top president in looking like Dracula. <laughs> Was he considered to have contributed to the Great Depression? Uh, because of how he looked? Let me look this guy up. No, his policies did not contribute to the Great Depression. Holy shit, he does look like Dracula. So, at the time, he was actually one of the most popular presidents. But the subsequent exposure of scandals under his administration, such as the Teapot Dome scandal, lowered his popular regard, as did revelations of extramarital affairs. So, why is he now regarded as uh, the third biggest piece of shit mistake president? Because he appointed a number of friends and personal acquaintances to federal positions. Ah. Does that? Mm. Uh, The Teapot Dome scandal uh, involved an oil reserve in Wyoming, 
which was one of three set aside for the use of the Navy in a national emergency. So, like, we're out of oil or there's a national emergency on oil, the Navy still has oil for their ships. Interior Secretary Albert Hall arranged for the ownership of the reserve to move from the Navy to the interior. And then he took bribes from oil tycoon Edward Doheny to secretly lease the reserve for drilling. So, it's a very boring scandal. Wait, he took bribes like money? Yeah. Wow, that's huge. I mean, imagine if a president did that today. There were also scandals in the Justice Department and within the Veterans Bureau. A couple notes about Harding. He looks like Dracula. He looks like a hard ass. Like every photo I'm seeing, he's like frowning. He doesn't, he looks very severe, which makes my next bullet even more interesting. But my current bullet is that in Boardwalk Empire, the mafia and the gangsters were very pleased with Harding being elected, I guess because of the corruption that ensued. Huh. But there is a whole section, the next bullet here, despite looking like a severe vampiric man, <laughs> there is a whole section on Wikipedia for his extramarital affairs. He was dicking down uh, on any vampirous he could. He looks like for the 1920s and given his age, he seems like he would be desirable by people that are into people like him. By flappers? What What the fuck is a flapper? In the, tw- the roaring 20s, flappers were those girls that would wear long necklaces that flapped and they danced. They did all the, the Charleston ah. dance. They wore pearls and had short haircuts. He probably fucked some of them. Well, who hasn't? We're not too far off from the the 20s being the 2020s and not the 1920s. Isn't that fucking weird? Yeah. Do you want to talk about the 1900s as in-depth as I've made us talk about the 1800s? There's no time for that. We must move on to talk about the second biggest piece of shit president, second worst president. You said his name earlier. It's not Trump. Trump's got to be number one. No, you said this guy's no, you said this guy's name earlier as okay. well. Buchanan. James. Buchanan. James Buchanan. He was the 15th president from 1857 to 1861. For you history buffs, 1861 was when the Civil War started. This dickhead was in charge of everything when it started going to shit. Was he pro or calling on slaves? Hmm. Let's find out. Let's pause for a moment to find out how James Buchanan felt about slaves. Oh, he was a Democrat, which, mm, that's not a good sign. Because the Democrats in that day liked slaves, some of them. Oh, yeah, he's bad about slavery. So, he lobbied the Supreme Court to issue a broad ruling in Dred Scott, uh, which he fully endorsed as president. That was bad. He allied with the South in attempting to gain the admission of Kansas into the Union as a slave state. Yeah, uh, he's, he made everything worse. So, historians fault him for his failure to address the issue of slavery and secession from the southern states. He brought the nation to the brink of war. His inability to address the sharply divided pro-slavery and anti-slavery partisans with a unifying principle on the brink of civil war. 
his failure to deal with secession was voted the worst presidential mistake ever made in a 2006 survey. Imagine holding that. <laughs> yeah, 2006. We've got fucking 13 years to tell you about. James Buchanan was called a, a doe face. Yeah, I'm looking at him now. His he's got a, his, his like official profile photo looks like he's drunk off his ass. He looks like Gumby. They had to catch him. Like he kept laughing and goofing around during the photo shoot and they had to finally... He looks like he's got encephalitis. But he wasn't called Doughface because he had a big fat doughy face, even though he did. He was called Doughface because that was a political insult at the time. It was used to, uh, by political opponents to refer to politicians that were easily molded or, ah. or took on uh, whatever shape they needed to... Uh, they shape-shifted. No, it took on, what, took on whatever uh, issues, whatever. They bended. They were fucking two-faced pieces of shit. So, that means if James Buchanan was a Pokemon, he would be Ditto, right? You know what I'm talking exactly. about. Exactly. I actually do know who Ditto is. He's on a little Pokemon book in my son's room. <laughs> and if he was a Nintendo character which Pokemon are also Nintendo characters, but you get what I mean. He would be Kirby, who would suck people up and turn into them. Right? Yes. That's right. what historians say. I'm just trying to make our listeners, our, uh, our thumb twaddlers, I want them to understand, okay? I, you're here to give them the cold, boring facts, and I'm here to make it relatable to our listeners. These facts that are coming your way are neither cold nor boring. Hmm. James Buchanan, he was born in a log cabin too. What the hell? But then his father became wealthy. Let's just all agree that the majority of Americans in the 1800s lived and were born in log cabins. Can we just say that? Well, I felt it necessary to make a, one of Brandon's bullets about it. He was a Freemason. Uh, James Buchanan was gifted, get this shit, a herd of elephants from the King of Siam. Yeah. Who hasn't, who hasn't been gifted that from the King of Siam? How badass would that be now? Uh, he kept one at the White House as a pet. What the fuck? Where? At the White House. Like on the front lawn? I don't know. That's, now that's some, <laughs> that, okay, that is not cold or boring. I want to know more about the elephant at the White House. See, why can't you have more facts like that? Well, guess what? He also had a, a pair, pair of pet bald eagles. This guy sounds like an asshole. And also a pet Newfoundland dog. I actually should have said dog first and led up to elephant. Yeah. So, that's number two. All right. Well, let's just get it over with. Do you want to take a wild ass guess who historians, not me, historians have rated as the worst top dog shit awful president in history? It's got to be Barack Obama because he's not even, he wasn't even born in America. Yeah. He's a Muslim. He's a Muslim sympathizer and that's why he is, he's not number one. I'm obviously kidding. Number one has to be Donald Trump. Number one is most definitely Donald Trump. Who is Donald Trump, you ask? I've heard his name. <laughs> he sounds familiar. He's the 45th president of the United States of America. Asterisk from 2016 to present. 
He is an American businessman and TV personality. Why is he the worst president? He's the worst shaped president as well. Here we go. I'm going to try to do this in one breath. All right. I'm just going to sit back and listen. He lost the popular vote by nearly 3 million votes but won the Electoral College in a contest that American intelligence agencies believed was targeted by a Russian sabotage campaign. He's made many false and misleading statements during his campaign and presidency described by political scientists and historians as unprecedented in modern American politics. Repealed the environment. I'm running out of breath already. Repealed environmental protections intended to address climate change, such as the Paris Agreement. He's increased fossil fuel production and ended the clean power plan. Partial repeal of the Frank Dodd Act, which was aimed at imposing stricter constraints on banks in the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis. Redrew from the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Tax Cuts and Job Act lowered corporate and state taxes, but individual tax rates only on a temporarily basis in a couple years. We'll see how awesome you feel about your extra $40 a month you've been getting back. He agreed to sell $110 billion worth of arms to Saudi Arabia, who also kills journalists. He withdrew the U.S. from the Iran deal, Muslim ban, government shutdown, border wall funding fail, he ended DACA, draft doctor, obstruction of justice, grifting, a violation of emoluments, clauses, nepotism, racism, prideful ignorance, and treason against the United States of America. That's it? Well, there's actually more. I didn't include campaign fund violation or the, I remember if it's seven or 11 ongoing investigations. Uh, I didn't mention any of the, of his indicted campaign officials. I didn't mention any of uh, the officials who have been fired or resigned for their positions in his administration. And there's a lot that I left out. Well, this is all just fake news. I mean, I guess if you're, uh, if you really love Donald Trump, you probably aren't listening anymore, but them's the facts. So, I hope what you got over the course of this, you know, the narrative was that many of the worst presidents in history, uh, Trump shares many of the same traits as, as several of the worst presidents in history. But he'll tell you he's the best president of all time. That's, yeah, I'm sure that for every one of the tennis podcasts that list him as the worst president, there are several conservative or right-wing podcasts that talk about how there's no choice, there's no argument, there's no logical other best president of the United States of all time than Donald J. Trump. Well, let's be clear. The tennis podcast is not stating Donald Trump is the worst president. The list that you're researching said he was the worst president. Yeah, I'm impartial. <laughs> of course. I'm impartial and this list is, uh, is just based on uh, facts I was able to gather from public record. If Obama had done even one of those things that Trump is accused of or proven to have been guilty of, he would have been impeached immediately. Yes. Okay, so cool. Top 10. No, sorry. The 35th through 45th best presidents of all time, according to historians. Yeah, just according to historians. I actually think Trump is probably the best. <clears throat> I got to say, so I'm looking at the top 10 here and you're going to go back through them here in a second. Six or seven of them are like right in a row, wrapping around yes. the Civil War. 
from the 18, basically from the 1840s until the 1870s, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln, things were just dog shit. Yeah. Cool. Those 10 worst dog shit presidents of all time, the top 10 worst U.S. presidents were again, starting at number 10, Zachary Taylor. You may remember him as the man who ate raw fruit and drank iced milk at his 4th of July party and diarrheaed himself to death. Yep. Number nine is Ulysses S. Grant. Very good at making war. Very good at making love. Very bad at being a president. Number eight was John Tyler. Is he the one that would return letters if they didn't say, if they said acting president on him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was uh, frail health, thin, and prone to diarrhea. Number seven, William Henry Harrison, who was stupid enough to give himself typhoid fever from drinking the shitty White House water. What an idiot. And then was tried to, uh, the doctors tried to cure him by feeding him crude oil mixed up with the flour. See, now that was smart. Number six was Millard Fillmore. That's right. The one you've never heard of, Millard Fillmore. Alec Baldwin lookalike. He looks like Alec Baldwin and he was a thumb twaddler. Like you, our listeners. Yeah. Number five, Franklin Pierce, the 14th president who made slavery a worse issue. Number four was Andrew Johnson who fucked up after the Civil War because he was sucking up to all the slave people again. But he made a quilt for his first love. Number three, Will, uh, Warren G. Harding, who was riddled with extramarital affairs and scandals. Number two, James Buchanan, who fucked everything up and caused a civil war. And number one, Donald Trump, who fucked everything up and caused a civil war. No, he's the victim of fake news. That's right. So, what I'm hearing here is to be president, you need to be born in a log cabin, have chronic diarrhea, be a thumb twaddler, and be an idiot. Sounds about right. Well, that was a fun list. I knew it. You knew what? I knew it. I knew you'd love it. Oh. I, no, I didn't say I loved it. I said it was fun. Nope. You loved it. You're right. I loved it. Guilty as charged. Speaking of love, do you have any iTunes reviews to read? You bet your fucking doughy ass I do. What we're going to do now is what we do every week and that is we're going to read a few reviews from iTunes. If you have an iPhone or iPad, you just open up the Apple Podcasts app, uh, which is connected to iTunes and you find our podcast and you rate it five stars and write a review and we will read that review no matter what the hell it says. Case in point, I'm going to read review now, one of the first ones we ever got back on September 8th. This comes from Ivan W. He says, 10 out of 10-ish. <laughs> Quote, Nick and Brandon are hilarious and do a good job discovering and bouncing through different top tens. Here's the kicker. Informative, in parentheses, sometimes, and entertaining. It doesn't always have to be informative, although- It does. That's I just informed the shit out of your ass today. Uh, so, Ivan, I'm glad we could sometimes entertain and inform you, fucking asshole. I, I thought that it was sometimes inform, but always entertain. That's the way I heard that. He Okay, so let's read it again. Informative sometimes and entertaining. Okay, sure. That's right. And if you tried, if you were trying to say that we're only entertaining some of the time, 
You just played yourself with grammar. We got you, Ivan. The next one comes from Wanderloo underscore 502. This is one of those ones that's going to inflate my sidekick host's ego, which is unhealthy. It's not healthy to do this to him, guys. Hold on, I'm beat my chest. <laughs> but I'll read it because I said I'd read it. So, they say, quote, such a great show. Brandon and his co-host <laughs> do a great job of keeping the show entertaining. And Brandon does a great job of keeping his co-host in line and on top, end quote. You found my iTunes name. I'm going to say this person, Wanderloo underscore 502, doesn't know what they're talking about because you did not do a good job of keeping me in line and on topic today because I repeatedly went off topic to talk ad nauseum about the 1800s. I indulged you with the peanut butter bullshit. <laughs> and peanut butter toilets. So, joke's on you, Wanderloo. I actually really like talking about the 1800s. I do it all the time. Did I mention it on, I can't remember if I mentioned it on here, but when I was playing the original Red Dead Redemption, my son uh, was a baby at the time where I was replaying it and he had an ear infection. And while I was playing the game, I wondered like, if you got an ear infection in like 1885, what happened? Did it eventually go away? They didn't have penicillin. So, did it eventually go away or did you go deaf in that ear or did you get an ear infection? They're like, well, if this doesn't clear up, you're going to die. It's actually kind of amazing that more people didn't die. I mean, I know a lot of people died in early age, but I'm surprised more <laughs> didn't because- I wouldn't have made it. Because like a fucking simple cold could have led to your death back then. It's just- I'm not cut out to be a cowboy. And again, this is the 1800s. That's not that long ago. <laughs> the 1800s where like- the best medicine that they could recommend was heat up these suction cups and we're going to suck as much hot blood out of the president as we can. And if that doesn't work, we're going to make him throw up a lot. And if that doesn't work, we're going to stick some crude oil up his ass mixed up with a little bit of flowers. <sighs> At least I got the flowers in there to help with the scent. But yeah, I mean, people were traveling across the, the country on, in, in groups of like hundreds on horses to, as part of the, uh, the Oregon Trail. Just think about how many people died. It's just, I can't believe people survived it. You know, maybe this is on my mind a lot because I listened to the Dahmer Party episodes of Last Podcast on the Left. Mm-hmm. It's just some crazy shit in there. Anyway, this has been fun. I got to do an 1800s themed episode now, but we'll be back next week with a whole new top tennis list that I will lead and Brandon will guess. Brandon, do you want to say anything else to our thumb twaddlers out there? I'm sorry he's calling you guys twaddlers. I don't like the word fans. We've been over this. I'm too humble. You and Donald Trump, too humble. A fan is somebody that would uh, scare me if I ever met them. A listener is just someone who's like, hey man, I listen to your podcast. Cool. Let's go to Sonic. Did you want to keep talking about this or can we sign off? I'm good. Okay, everyone. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.